And please be seated. <laughs> well, as I begin this morning, I want to acknowledge that Mother's Day, though it is an awesome celebration of mom, also requires a little extra sensitivity on our part uh, as we share together. You know, it's a time when we celebrate moms and uh, the moms of our children, our own mothers, and those who stand in and perform that role sometimes like grandparents do. But for some of us, this day brings to us, uh, or brings to mind the loss of our own mothers. And uh, others may have memories of things like abusive or dysfunctional homes. Some have experienced the tragedy of the loss of a child or have been unable to have children. And, and we keep this in our hearts as we celebrate today. So would you pray with me as we begin? Heavenly Father, today I come to you lifting up mothers. And I pray that you will give them the strength to meet the demands of motherhood. May you give them the wisdom to raise their children according to your word. Father, give them the courage to stand up for what is right, even when it's hard. And most of all, I pray that they would know your love for them. Teach us today from your word about mother's love as it comes from you. Bring comfort for those who struggle with days like today. And we pray that you will reveal yourself in your word and in us. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but uh, my, my mother was a bit of a character. And uh, I don't know how you were raised, but you know, my mom taught me an awful lot of things. Uh, for example, my mom taught me about foresight. She said, make sure you put on clean underwear in case you're in an accident. You know, she saw ahead to that. My mom taught me about logic. She said, if you fall out of that tree and break your neck, don't you come crying to me. You ever have your mom say something like that? <laughs> my mother taught me about contradictions. Because I talked a lot, my mom would say, close your mouth and eat your dinner. Which is a little difficult, you know. And she wouldn't take any cheek back on that one. She taught me about being a contortionist. Will you look at the dirt on the back of your neck? You ever try to look at the dirt on the back of your neck? <laughs> a little difficult. Our mothers teach us a lot of skills too, don't they? Like mothers teach us about perseverance. Like you're going to sit there until you eat every last piece of broccoli. Or Brussels sprout. Yeah. Mothers teach us science about genetics. You are just like your father. <laughs> Mothers teach us about the weather. It looks like a tornado came through this bedroom. And mothers teach us about the circle of life. My mom would say, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. Well, moms teach us many things. But sometimes moms teach us about God too, don't they? By their strength, by their character, by their wisdom, and by their love. Today, we're going to go down kind of a different road than you might expect, given the sermon title of A Mother's Love. Um, you know, the Bible talks frequently about the fatherhood of God. But scripture also describes God in ways that are consistent with motherhood. 
Well, that sounds odd. Why is that? You know, theologically, we know that God is neither male nor female. He is spirit. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us make mankind, not man, mankind, meaning male and female, in our image, in our likeness. The next verse says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. So whatever the image of God is, it's, it's not the male body or the female body, but the image of something else. Humanity was created to be a mirror of who God is. We're created to mirror what kind of God is and the nature of God and his character, like things like compassion and love and justice and creativity and a whole lot more. But God has chosen for his own reasons to always refer to himself as male, and therefore it's never correct to refer to God as female or she or her or mother. But having said all that, there are several places in the Bible where God himself reflects the characteristics of motherhood and claims them for himself. Now, it's kind of an interesting cycle because it's kind of like art imitating life imitating art. You know, you have God who created us, and when he embraces certain characteristics of a mother in Scripture, he's really claiming his own characteristics because that's where they come from. So we're going to look at some of that this morning. I want to look at some of those places where we see God claiming the characteristics of motherhood. Um, for example, what Jesus says when he weeps over Jerusalem in Matthew 23 and 37, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Now, in Luke, Luke tells us that that particular incident, that happened as Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And Jesus uses this metaphor of a hen to express the relationship that he longs to have with Israel. It's a pretty touching moment with Jesus weeping. His first thought about Israel, his perspective, is the perspective of mother's love, a mother's care. The image is one of protection. He longs to protect them as a mother hen would gather her chicks under her wings when there's danger. Jesus knows what's coming. Just 37 years from this time that Jesus is speaking, that's the time when Jerusalem would be under a terrible siege by Titus. And Titus would set fire to the temple and he'd destroy the city. And, and more than 1.1 million people who were not even involved in the combat were killed when Jerusalem fell. And Jesus saw it all coming at that moment as he's overlooking Jerusalem, as he's coming into the city. And there is this tender longing, like a mother hen gathering her chicks, to, to protect them as a mother protects her children. You know, when a mother longs to protect her children, she's reflecting God's heart. It's so hard to send your kids into the world, isn't it? It's difficult. 
to release them into the wild, you might say. I remember when we first came to Fairview, you may remember our daughter Stephanie went off for, to serve for a brief time in Ukraine with Hope International. And uh, while she was there, our other daughter went to visit, visiting in Kiev and Lviv. And the very last place that Stephanie visited before she came home was Crimea. And it was about a year later that Russia invaded Crimea and annexed it, took it over. And, uh, and just thinking about where Ukraine is today just gives me chills, you know. Our kids were there and could have been there at a very dangerous time. And some of you have had that experience. Mothers, when you release your children, that, that longing to protect your children is no less a reflection of God's own longing. That desire to protect it comes from a very natural place. God doesn't just care about Israel, which is the first context here. But I assure you that God himself feels about you and your children the same way that you feel about your kids. How I long to gather you under my wings as a hen gathers her chicks. And you know that protective theme, it comes up over and over again. Hosea 13.8 tells us that God experiences the anger of a mother bear who has been robbed of her cubs whenever someone messes with his children. Now, that's a pretty powerful image. In fact, I, I'm not even going to put that scripture verse up there because that verse in Hosea, it has all kinds of terrible description. It's very gory, all the things that that mother bear would do if you tried to take her cubs. It's pretty vicious. God compares himself to that very protective mother bear. Beware the mother's wrath. There is a natural instinct for protection of children, is there not? You do anything to protect those children, or grandchildren, if you can. Well, Deuteronomy 3.2, or 32, rather, 32.11, if I can get back there, says it uses motherhood to describe how God protected Jacob, who was the apple of his eye. It says... Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. So here's a mother bird again. Another image of a mother bird protecting her young when they fall from the nest. Imagine, you know, eagle chicks falling from the nest. I don't know if you've been on any of those webcam sites, but there are several around that, that are focused in right here in Pennsylvania on eagle nests. And you can watch the, the young chicks being born. You can see them hatching. And you can see the mother feeding them and, and all that interplay that goes on. It's pretty cool. Um, and this thing of nudging the young back into the nest when they get too close to the edge, it's hacked it, it suggests here that even if the chicks fell, the mother would catch them with her wings and return them to the nest. You ever been called a helicopter parent? It says here the eagle hovers over the nest. Next time somebody calls you something like that, you say, I am not a helicopter parent. I am an eagle, and I'm watching my young. I've taken care. 
mother hen, the mother eagle, the mother bear, they're all images of a mom caring for her children. God compares his loving protection for his children to all of these mother images in Scripture. Well, Psalm uh, 22, verses 9 and 10, takes us to a, a kind of a little bit different place. It says, God is concerned for his people like a midwife cares for the child she's delivered. Now, why a midwife? You know, we're talking moms here. Why a midwife? Well, well the midwife serves as a mother to mothers. Midwife serves as the one who cares for the mothers and the children as the children are being born, as she's delivering the children. You know the story of Moses, right? The story of Moses, midwives feature pretty prominently in the beginning. You may remember that the king of Egypt was very worried that the Israelites were multiplying in the nation, and he was afraid of them because he was afraid that they might rise up and take over things. So he orders the Hebrew midwives to kill all the male-born children. Bible says, though, that the, the midwives feared God, and they refused to do that. And so they cared about the children that they were delivering, and so they told the king that the Hebrew women were robust, and therefore the boys were all delivered before the midwives even got there. <laughs> not really true, but, you know. God compares himself not to a mother in this verse, but to the one who cares for the mothers and the children. The one who cares for the children she delivers and watches over. God several times continues to compare himself to mothers and the way that they give care. And it gets even more intimate as you move into Isaiah chapter 49. In verse 15 it says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. My understanding, I was doing a little reading on this, my understanding is that, is that pheromones that are exchanged in the room, in the womb, rather, in the room, <laughs> they create that bond between a mother and a child. And most of the time, that's a very lasting bond, and it can last throughout life, as it's supposed to. Now, when that doesn't happen, it means that something has gone terribly wrong. God's care and compassion are like that of a nursing mother who will not forget her baby. That's her natural inclination. But he says even if she were, even if that, that unlikely thing might happen, even if she did forget her child, God will never, ever forget you. God created you. And that bond is lasting, like that nursing mother. Isaiah 66, 13, God says, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. And so you will be comforted over Jerusalem. God offers comfort for his children in the same way that a mother comforts her child. You know, from skinned knees to broken hearts, a mother's love reflects God's love. And there's nothing like it. Deep, empathetic comfort. There is no one who can comfort like a mother. And God will bring that kind of comfort to his people, he says. So here, again, he's comparing himself to that love, that special love that a mother has. You know, as we said in the beginning, this isn't the way that all mothers function sometimes, sadly. 
But this is the way God wired them to. He intended for them to be. When motherhood is working, these characteristics of God come through. That deep love, that compassion, that care, that desire to nurture. You know, many times over the years, I've met people who have had real trouble calling God Father because of some of the things that have happened in their childhood. And it, and it has often helped to see God the Father through the love of Jesus. This is the way our earthly father was meant to be. And that's also true when a mother has been the one who has caused really deep hurt. Jesus' love is the kind of love our mothers were meant to have and express towards us. The kind of comfort they were made to give. And I know that embracing the love of Jesus is the path to deep healing in both of these situations. Well, not only does God compare himself to mothers, he provides a lot of examples in scripture. Uh, the sacrificial mom, Hannah, who gives up her child, who becomes a great prophet. Hagar, the abused and abandoned single mother, who reminds us that she's not abandoned by God. He sees her and he provides for her. Jochebed, who's Moses' mother, who gives up her child so that he can live and become, we know he becomes, Israel's leader. Motherhood is held in great high esteem in the scripture, and even more so because God compares himself to those great mothers in his love for his children, including us. Did you ever read Irma Bombeck? used to love reading Irma Bombeck's columns. And, uh, you know, she wrote those columns for 30 years as a syndicated columnist. And one of the columns that, that really stands out it's, is about motherhood. And she tells a fable in that column about God in the act of creating mothers. And I really, really love this. So I'm going to read part of this for you. Uh, Bombeck said that on the day that God created mothers, he had already been working long over time. An angel said to him, Lord... You sure are spending a lot of time on this one. And the Lord turned and said, Have you read the specs on this bottle? She's supposed to be completely washable, but not plastic. She has to have 180 moving parts and all of them replaceable. She is to have a kiss that will heal everything from a broken leg to a broken heart. She's to have a lap that will disappear when she stands up. She's able to function on black coffee and leftovers. And she's supposed to have six pairs of hands. Six pairs of hands, said the angel. That's impossible. Well, it's not the six pairs of hands that bother me, the Lord said. It's the three pair of eyes. She's supposed to have one pair that sees through closed doors so that whatever she says or whenever she says, what are you kids doing in there? She already knows what's going on in there. She has to have another pair in the back of her head to see all the things she's not supposed to see but must see. And she has one pair right in the front that can look at a child who goofed and communicate love and understanding without even saying a word. That's too, too much, said the angel. You, you can't put that much in one model. Why don't you rest for a while and continue creating tomorrow? No, I can't, said the Lord. I'm close to creating someone very much like myself. I've already come up with a model who can heal herself when she's sick who could feed a family of six with one pound of hamburger and 
who can persuade a nine-year-old to take a shower. Then the angel looked at the model of motherhood a little more closely, and he said, she's too soft. Oh, but she's tough, said the Lord. You'd be surprised at how much this mother can do. Can she think, asked the angel. Not only can she think, said the Lord, but she can reason and compromise and persuade. Then the angel reached over and touched her cheek. This one has a leak, he said. I told you you couldn't put that much in one model. That's not a leak, said the Lord. That's a tear. A tear? What's a tear for, said the angel. The Lord said, well, it's for joy, for sadness, for sorrow, for disappointment, and for pride, sometimes for happiness. You're a genius, said the angel. And the Lord said, oh, but I didn't put it there. Right now we're going to watch a video that's a special prayer for moms. And the worship team is going to come and they're going to lead us in singing the blessing as our benediction today. Uh, after that, we're going to be dismissed. But we pray that you will have an amazing, special day today. Uh, blessings on you, moms.